Uh, and now I've opened my orange crush, and everything is right. All right. Yep. Everything's going. The tweet is out. Retweet as you will. And now rise for the national anthem. Here I am. Rock like a hurricane. I thought our national anthem was who we want, Jackie Chan. Last Chainsaw Buffet's national anthem. I was referring to the United States national anthem. Oh. It's amazing how many countries have Rocky Like a Hurricane as their national anthem. <laughs> All of them. It's it's kind of, uh, I mean, you know, it gets people pumped, and, and that's really what you need in the national anthem. That's true. Especially when you're at the Olympics and you've already won the gold medal. You'll know, be like, fuck yeah, in your face, world. You know, Here I am. I rocked you like a hurricane. In the uh, 500 meter dash, track and field, motherfuckers. You know they could probably add that in. I mean, I think they should. Yeah, I think they should. Um, I mean, at the very least, it's only a matter of time before America, fuck yeah, becomes the national anthem. I mean, it's time. I mean, we've had the same, uh, the same one for for it seems like forever. I, I think this is the plot of the movie Idiocracy. No, Pretty much. No. If that ever happens, I'm moving to Canada. Thanks, Alan. Really? Yeah. Really? You'll within three months you will be murdering Canadians. <laughs> this is just like America, only worse. It's so yeah. fucking time. It's like Minnesota. Why are all these people nice? I don't like it. <laughs> oh. It's about not a boot. That's <laughs> what you wear. What are we broadcasting on anyway? Ustream. Good for us. No, if I was gonna say, like if you if you actually, you know, check Twitter, the, the link should be there. Screw you. Twitter hates my computer. That's why I switched to TweetDeck on the tablet. Oh, there you go. I don't have TweetDeck on this thing. Where's my tablet? Damn it, it's in another room. Woman, bring me my tablet! Really? Whoa! Okay. Well, what? I just knocked my stupid netbook off. I'm that entertaining. No, it fell off the monitor. <laughs> I had it on the monitor of the other computer, and it fell off. Or maybe it jumped. It may, it may have been suicidal. We need to see if we can change the ad that's on our stream, because uh, Ford Focus, Ford Fiesta, and Ford Fusion Hybrid, that's, that's really not what we're about. Is it I mean, not- no, I mean, if we're going to see something with Micro in it, it needs to be him talking about um, how he wants to bang Ariel. I'm never going to let that go, Micro, just so you know. Micro doesn't care. He's making so much money. He is so popular. <laughs> he makes more money than you, so he doesn't care. <clears throat> he doesn't know that. <laughs> he doesn't know what you're worth. He's not aware of your net worth. He doesn't know me, where I've been, how long I've been there. <laughs> I'm, glad to I'm do pretty this. sure he yeah. makes like I'm pretty now. sure he doesn't even know you exist. So I don't know that he exists. I've never seen him. <laughs> you see GI. <laughs> this is an intriguing theory. It's entirely possible. He's Fred Savage in another uh, body suit. Fred Savage is so awesome. He's the greatest thespian of our time. It's true. It's all true. No one will figure that out until much later, but there you go. Wait, he's still around? 
Yeah. So so we've been recording for a while, so I should just go ahead and say uh, welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast that does not have <laughs> shit to talk about. Ever. This is true. I, I mean, you guys have been listening to us for like 10 minutes. We don't have a damn thing to talk about. Have you Actually, heard anything? I'm probably going to cut it before this point. Oh. I would. I, I just let it, it ride. Stuff. Yeah, just let it ride. This may be the only good stuff that we're doing all hour. So that's true. That's, that's sad. Yeah, it's internet gold. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for something interesting to happen so we could say, "Okay, let's record." But no, I was just like, "Yeah, nothing. Nothing interesting is ever going to happen again." Let's just start recording and get this over with. What? Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. What, what do you mean nothing interesting is going to happen again? I, I don't know. It's just It just seems like it's been like since November since I've had anything to talk about. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I mean aside from the Alley Hillis interview, which was amazing. Uh, that was over an hour of just complete off-the-cuff. Uh, she and I just bullshitting around. And uh, there's like another 40 to 45 minutes that was not recorded. Awesome. I mean, that, that was that was a fantastic conversation, and uh, she is she is an awesome human being. I enjoy talking to her a lot. There's hmm. what I was gonna say. There's probably other stuff we could have talked about. There, there probably uh, there probably some isn't, movie pod. Well, no, isn't um, isn't Toy Fair going on right now? Yes, it is. The yes, only thing – and I've seen a few pictures from uh, from Toy Fair so far, and I will say, um, have you seen the, the, the G.I. Joe Transformers crossover that's supposed to be like yeah, next San Diego Comic-Con, the Shockwave tank with Destro? Yeah, I'm – it's not – the thing is, it, part of it, yeah, they remolded it so that the tank barrel looks like, you know, Shockwave's cannon looks like that. And they've thrown in Destro with like a tape deck mode sound wave and a bunch of other, you know, Energon cubes and things like that. But it just kind of felt like one time was fine. One time was unique and something special. Doing the the Starscream as the Sky Striker with Cobra Commander as the pilot, that was uh, special and unique. And it was meta because, you know, it was the same guy that did both the voices on the cartoons. Yeah, and it made... And it made a lot of sense, you know. And not to mention, it did tie in with the comics in that it had, for uh, Cobra Commander's sidearm, had Megatron. Mm-hmm. So it, it tied in with some of the crossover comics. But this one just feels kind of like it's random purple hiss tank with, you know, Decepticon logos slapped on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too hot on the tank, but I really do actually like the Destro. He's purple. So, I'm just D- saying, deep down in your heart, don't you think Destro was always meant to be purple? It's a purple Destro. Are you really willing to pay convention prices for purple Destro? <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay convention prices for the leopard print pimp Destro. Chad, I, I think. I think here's the question: Why do you see color? <laughs> wow. um, because he's not he a dog. Color Destro is whether he's purple or. Do you even know what color Destro is supposed to be, Dylan? No, and I, I don't see color. I'm like Stephen Colbert. You're, you're like really? a dog. 
Like, everything is gray to you. Is he purple? I don't know. Someone tell me. I don't see color. But no, the, and the you tank... ask for no gray M&Ms. These are all gray. Wow. No, and the, and the tank is actually not awful. I mean, it's it's the new... I don't really I, like it looks the like... design. The movie it's kits, a... I don't really like the design of. Well, now, is that movie-based, or is that... Because that looks like the one, the Hiss tank that comes out at the very end of the first season of Renegade as well. It's kind of the same design. It's Okay. The, the toy is based on one that came out from the first movie. Okay. It's, okay. it's a new mold. It's either a new mold or very extensively changed because they redid the suspension to make it simpler and all this other stuff. But it's the same basic design as the movie. Okay. Or at least the movie toy line. I don't know if it actually showed up in the movie. But who cares because Renegades is a shitty cartoon anyway. No, it isn't. It's awesome. You suck. Stop sucking, Chad. Isn't it Renegades that show that had the Ultimate Warrior in it? It might have been. That's it's an overused word. Renegades. Yeah. I, I'll agree. It is overused. Yeah, that you know, I think people have forgotten the true meaning of Renegades. I mean <laughs> Renegades are people with their own philosophy. They change the course of history. They're everyday people like you and me. They're not heroes. Wow. They're well, not the good guys. A little rage against the machine for you guys. They're not the bad guys either, though, are they? Yeah, they are. That's why they're renegades. They're outlaws. We're the renegades of funk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember this cartoon at all. Um, so. But anyway, Comic Comic Con, I, I don't or Toy Fair. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of really just stuff that blows me away. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have been gushing a fair bit over the the Avengers toy line because it's like, oh, we're getting a three foot version of the Helicarrier. Huh? And it's like, yeah, that sounds pretty freaking huge until you realize three and three quarter scale figures. It's not that big compared to them, and when the figures are taller than the control tower, yeah, it's kind of you know. Let's let's be honest. If if you're if you're gonna have any kind of thing, anything with the word carrier in it. And you're not shooting for USS Flag, six foot long status. Just, well, that's uh, what people have been gushing, comparing it to. I'm like, good lord, really? have you? Yeah, I'm like, these these are people who have never actually seen one of these, one of the the old flags. That toys. makes the best sense. That was like I have, seven feet long. I have seen the flag. A friend of mine. It was a coffee table. Yeah, he had to keep it outside. There was nowhere in the house big enough to put it. It was a plastic coffee table. Was what it, it was. Seven it feet long. Greatest, yeah, it was the greatest place that ever made. Well, I think John's yeah. probably going to jump in and talk about the uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sewer, sewer layer. Uh, I was actually going to go with the Voltron Castle. Um, Patrick I brought up the uh, Technodrome and Cat uh, chat. So, uh, yeah. That, um, wait. Oh, okay. He okay. Technodrome. Got you. Got and you, also I, uh, Castle Grayskull. Also Castle Grayskull is pretty cool, but um, Castle Eternia much bigger. And then there was Metroplex. Metroplex. Metroplex turned into, or, or Fortress Maximus. I mean, you you got the Transformer ones that turned into giant robots, and they're bringing that concept back now. Good old Trypticon. Always wanted Trypticon. 
I had him, and I ended up selling him off just because he was sitting in a box somewhere. Ah. Um, kind of hurt by the fact that toys have gotten larger in general now, and, you know. Do you feel like you missed out? Not really. Yeah, because all these all the uh, cartoons that these sh- uh, toys are based on uh, largely suck for the most part. Pretty much. Well, yeah, but uh, the rest of the stuff at Comic Con, a lot of the ones have been crossing my desk. I mean, I follow a lot of the Transformers news, and there's just not a lot of it that really appeals to me. Yeah. Um, they seem to be putting a big focus on scaling things down on the Cyberverse stuff, which is the little tiny, smaller representations of the characters. And they're doing some some interesting stuff like the bases and play sets for them, which I I guess that's kind of cool for kids, but not you know for me doesn't really do a whole lot. You know, did I kill did I kill the discussion? Yes. No. Sure. I'm getting some echo, though. Probably Charlie's fault. What? I switched back to the headset. Okay, it's gone now. That's weird. Um. Anyway, it's Dylan's fault. I know. I know what it was. What was it? Dylan's fault. Um. I was finally trying to bring up. Um. Who's playing you stream? Oh yeah. Uh, I was about to say I can hear the ad. I know, I can't fucking shut it off! <laughs> so I just shut off Ustream. Ustream, fuck you. Agreed. Okay. Um, Eat a well, dick, anything else? Anything else from Toy Fair coming up? Kick Anybody? us off, we can go to Justin TV, you some bitch. I don't want to deal with that. No. If they're going to be assholes about their ads, I just wanted to mute the effing ad. Uh, Justin TV is just bad. I know, but I'm mad at one thing now, so let me, let me, let me just be mad. Let him rant. All right, fine. At least he's not talking about women again. Right. Wait, okay. where, where did this... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, Chad, I think, I think you, you owe America an explanation for this. <laughs> you, you've tweeted, you've implied that Charlie is a misogynist. We know he's a lich. I'm not disputing that. Please explain why Charlie is a misogynist. Use specific quotes if possible. Well, he is. That's all I'm going to say. Well, there you go. Apparently we're going the Fox News route with this discussion. Yep. (laughs) He's evil, I say. Evidence is for suckers. (laughs) That too. Anybody will believe evidence. Takes a strong man to believe hearsay. We're going to get Chad worked up, and he really will go the Fox News route. He'll be all like, you know... Actually, Mute their microphones, a, uh... and he closes Skype, and he feels like <laughs> something. <laughs> he gets mute on his computer. You've been tough. Me. You've been tough on the person you're you're interviewing. You have uh, browbeaten them. And that that means you're a good person, and He's you seek hard. the truth. He's playing hardball. No, well, no, that's 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 Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews isn't that MSNBC? Yeah, it is. That's that's the channel nobody watches. Yeah. Not even MSNBC's mom watches MSNBC. Exactly. Exactly. They're they're like the chainsaw buffet of TV networks. Less entertaining. Well, that's true. Somewhat marginally. 
I mean, we don't have like a washed-up sports anchor on our on our podcast. Hmm. That's something to work on. I think you you have to be a sports anchor before you can become a washed-up sports anchor, right? No, I think you can go straight to washed up. It, it cuts out some of the middle bit. The middle bit, you know, like the whole like going successful bit. Being retired. <laughs> I can retire and unretire a bunch of times if you'd like. No, then you'd be Brett Favre. I can, I can uh, send someone a picture of my wing. <laughs> then you'd be John Robbins. Wait a minute. <laughs> or half the internet. It's true. Hey, uh, by the way, Charlie, completely unrelated, but have less checker phone. I don't even know where she is. Oh, whatever. Um, you can't be bothered to keep track of the women? I cannot. Misogynist, he admits it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All I'm right. a gynecologist, I admit it. You were set up. Um, all right, next. next. Who's next? <laughs> Who's next? Who's Who next? Who's next? Is Who will we shoot down next? Um, hmm. Who's next huh. to be slandered, huh? Yeah. Good stuff to talk about. Dylan. We do? Hey, Elizabeth, check your phone. She's going to be like, why? And I really didn't send her anything. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. I'm going to send her something now just to do it. <laughs> All right. So, that too. So, all right, I'll go next if no one... Uh, Hang on just a minute. I'll be back in a second. Someone's child you know. wants them. No, you can't. Uh, all right, dogs or not, we're going to uh, keep going with this. <laughs> the dogs will not control the podcast. That is our pledge to you. Uh, we will keep going no matter what they demand from Chad. Okay. Um, all right. So a uh, news story I wanted to bring up. Uh, if you've watched, uh, if you've been catching, like, any video game news the past couple of days, you've probably heard about the uh, Double Fine Adventure Kickstarter. I hate this so much. Do you know why? Why? Because Double Fine is allegedly a major developer. Why? Why are they? Why are they using public money to fund this? Um, I think the reason is because uh, there was that um, brutal legend that everybody. Had. I, I don't think I don't think it's so much that. I think the the issue is they want to create an old school point and click adventure, and you know the the people involved in in starting Double Fine were instrumental in games like, you know, Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango, that sort of thing. Um, I didn't actually play any of those point-and-click adventures, but I, you know, I have fond memories of, like, King's Quest. So this is kind of why that's cool uh, to me. It's just the type of game that um, the industry isn't going to fund. Uh, so I, I see why they're doing it, but I I also have that same reaction like you. Like their their goal was forty or four hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand for the game development, and then one hundred thousand for a documentary about the development of the game, which is cool idea. They're up to one point five million. Here's 
Here's my problem with this, and Patrick said something about in chat about this being proof that they won their game. You know what else is uh, proof of wanting the game? Buying it. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're paying for it twice, aren't they? I mean, these um, people are, you know, I, I know that Kickstarter has like a level of, of reward, so there's probably like a donation amount where you can... $15 or more, you get a copy of the game. Okay, but let's say I, uh, I pledge five. Yeah, you know, I'm not really getting anything. Right. And and honestly, I don't think anyone is going to pledge five. Like, I think people are, you know, doing the, you know. Like, you can probably write it off on your taxes as a, you know, no, as I, a donation. I wouldn't think so, but. It, I, I don't know. To me, um, there are developers that that have my trust and then there are those that I think have have a trust with um their fans based on reputation it, that that is no longer deserved. Um Bungie's a good example of that. Um like when Bungie makes their next IP, whatever it is, uh not Halo, you know, people are going to run out and buy it. But there is I mean, absolutely nothing in Bungie's history to suggest that they can do anything other than Halo. Uh, I mean, if you if you play any other games that they've ever made, like Oni, Oni was a uh, Bungie and Rockstar collaboration. It was complete and utter shit. Hmm. Wait, there are Bungie does stuff other than Halo. They used to, and then you know they hit it big and haven't done anything other than Halo in like you know s- since it came out. Um. But, you know, people assume that because Halo is good, something else that they're going to make is going to be good. And people assume the same thing anytime Rockstar releases something, which isn't always the case. I mean, it's very rare that you see a, a developer that can do something other than just one type of game. Well, no, remember also this is a game type that we haven't really seen much of. We haven't seen a major studio do anything with... In a long time. And I think that's probably part of what's driving this. You know, if they said, hey, we want to make a first-person shooter or something like that, you know, you wouldn't see this response, even even if it was the same group of people. But there's there's a reason that nobody's made that type of game in a long time. It's because, you know, nobody's come up with a fresh idea. And I am not I am not convinced that um, Tim Schafer actually has, you know, something fresh to, to bring out. I mean, er- everyone's so in love with uh, Psychonauts and the idea of a Psychonauts, too, that, you know, I again, you know, it's kind of like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. I'm not convinced that either one of them can ever make anything decent again. That's true. But I think in this case, people are not expecting it to be revolutionary. They're expecting it to be evolutionary yes you know it's a, it's going to be another adventure game um the the interesting thing that they're doing here is it's not that people wouldn't buy an adventure game it's that studios wouldn't fund it so kickstarter this is an example of kickstarter being used to get around the major studios whether it's going to work ever work again i don't know and i think that's what'll be interesting to see cuz you know um, someone, like I said, someone comes out and decides they want to do a first-person shooter. I think the uh, 
the odds of getting funding is much lower. Again, it still begs the question, why can't Double Fine get their own money for this? Why can why can't Tim Schafer go to a publisher and say this is the game I want to make this you know this I want to release it you know if he's selling it for fifteen dollars a pop it's going to be like a digital release right I mean right you know why can't he say I want to release this on uh, Xbox Live PlayStation Network Steam and and do it uh, does he not have that clout in you know the the video game industry I don't know okay also you have to consider. One, most studio, most, most publishers aren't going to fund that sort of game. But two, he wasn't asking for one point five million. This is like I, I understand crazy explosion that. of that. That again compounds the question: Why can't he do this through a regular company? Why is why is he asking the fans to do this? I don't know. Because he can, I guess. Uh, it it drives. Right. I guess in some sense it's got to be easier than trying to go through a studio. I understand, but... <laughs> well, you have to remember, too, that he's got... This is an entire develop, game development studio. You know, if they sit down and, and do a really good adventure game, that's a risk. You know, that's a risk that they're taking, you know, when they could be spending time on something else. Um well, it's, it's not a risk now. They've got a, you know over a million dollars now. Exactly. You know, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to give it back? No, of course not. I, yeah, exactly. Like I don't know what happens at this point. I don't know if this just becomes pure profit. I mean, well, if if they've already got the game in mind and they already have a set dollar amount in mind, that's exactly what it's going to be. It's just going to be pure profit for them. I mean, they're making money on a game that nobody has seen um, the first thing about. Exactly. It, I, I mean, it's it's like me saying, "Hey, you know, I want uh, you know five hundred thousand um, dollars, you know, to to produce this new uh, internet series, and uh, you know, everybody going nuts over it." And uh, I'll I'll tell you anything about what it's about. But you're just like, okay, here's money. The difference is, none of us have like. Not only have we not created an internet video series, we are not like one of the you know, originators of the concept of internet my, videos. My point is, is that there's absolutely, absolutely no incentive at this point for him to do a good job other than just reputation. I don't know, because I think, I think if this turns out to be crap, people are going to be pissed off. Like it, it can go sour. And, and that was one of the, one of the things he says in the video that, you know, they'll be just hey, like Activision then when, uh, you know, <laughs> They they tried to uh, publish Brutal Legend. Well, uh, again, like any for, for any given designer, you're going to have ups and downs. Like he, you know, this he had his up back in the '90s and the early 2000s, and now he's going for an extended down. <laughs> well, okay, that like I said, that remains to be seen. If if this many people are risking their money, fine. If he screws it up, then I'm guessing game. You know, major game developers are going to stay the hell away from Kickstarter in the future. I see it as kind of a pre-order. Um, I mean, I actually pledged money because I would like to play this game, but um, that's kind of the problem. Like, I want to pre-order this game, but at some point it's like... I, I do hope 
as much as I, I hate this idea, and I hate the idea of, again, someone as, as supposedly renowned as Tim Schafer not being able to raise his own money to do this type of project within the gaming industry, but if this is going to be a thing, if this, if this is the reality we're looking at, um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and make Mega Man X9. Let's go ahead and get Mega Man Legends 3 out there. Uh, I mean, let's let's start doing this for all the risky shit that we want that uh, companies are unwilling to do. Yeah, and exactly that's that's it. Like the the stuff that people, this opens it up where you're no longer dependent on a publisher, and that can be a good thing. But at the same time, you do have a lot of issues. Like I'm sure there are much smaller publishers or much smaller developers who would love just a small chunk of 1.5 million, but because Double Fine has the name recognition, you know, they're getting, you know, almost four times what they ask for. Yeah, that's kind of the other problem, and there's no way to fix it because it is what it is, but... Yeah. um, And this is part of my... Pardon my problem with the whole thing. Anyway, is that Kickstarter, in sort of an idealistic sense, is more for people who aren't Tim Schafer, right? You know, who are trying to literally get something kickstarted that that they have no chance to on their own because nobody's going to give them the time of day. Um, not Tim Schafer. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I don't know. It's. I've. I've seen other things hit Kickstarter like this, and, and, and the, the issue with Kickstarter, you're right, in an idealistic sense, you know, this is, it's democratizing, it's open, it's a flat playing field where anyone, based on the merits of their idea, can get funding. In the real world, it's subject to marketing, it's subject to cults of personality, it's, it's subject to fame and, you know, all the issues you run into um, with... You know, everything ever. With everything ever. Like it takes the hand it takes the power out of the hands of the production company, which is which is great, but you know, the it, it doesn't mean that, you know, like again, that one point five million dollars is giving is getting distributed to a ton of different um unknown but deserving projects. I mean, I, I feel I feel kind of bad for pledging money to it because, like, they have more than they need. I'm just feeding the beast. At the same time, I'd like a copy of the game and a copy of the documentary. So, I don't know. And, you know, the decision I make, there's, you know, forty almost 45,000 other people making that same decision. So, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's the market. Anyway, I think we've probably exhausted that, so... Yeah. So, yeah. What else? Well, um... No. Can I make a plug? No. No, wait. Yes. Wait until the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yes. Okay. Yeah, your your plug is, is, the, is the orgasm of this particular podcast. Yeah. Don't, don't uh, prematurely... Uh, mm-hmm. Ejaculate yeah. your spiel all over the podcast here. We'd have to, yeah. we we have a sloppy ending. We'd have to clean it up and then apologize to everybody I'm, for the uh, unsatisfying finish. Yeah, I'm totally saving my O face for this. Yeah, right. that may be the uh, every worst possible metaphor you could yep. have used. But it's what you got. Yep, sure is. Um, 
I'm starting to get a little pissed off at uh, game companies because uh, they keep releasing games I want on the same day. <laughs> um, like on on the 31st of January, they released Soul Calibur Five and um, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two, and then in March, uh, Mass Effect Three and uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken come out on the same day. Oh, wow! What the fuck? I mean, role playing game companies and fighting game companies, you all need to get your shit together, and uh, you know, not release this crap on the same day. It's it's a little too taxing on my wallet. Yeah, but let me put it this way. Even if they gave you, like, two weeks, you're still going to, um, you know, you're still going to be playing the role-playing game by the time the fighting game comes out, or vice versa. Yeah, but even so, you know, give me give me that uh, extra paycheck there to sort of subsidize this. That is true. Mm-hmm. Though I need to finish Mass Effect 2. Uh, although I... <sighs> I think the statute of limitations on spoilers um, on this game ran out like a year ago, but it's hard for me to get into Mass Effect 2 because you play through all through Mass Effect 1. You know, you get to know your characters, you make all these decisions, you know, you go through the whole romance thing, and uh, I end up banging a blue chick. Um, Who doesn't? Exactly. Um, It's perfectly normal. Mass Effect 2, you start the game. And, you know, there's this big event, and all of a sudden, all those characters, nowhere to be found. You have to reunite the gang, and then some of the gang you don't even get back in your party in this game. I think, you know, they're not people that you can actually have in your party, although they show up and you can have interactions with them, uh, until part three. So, interesting. it's really hard for me to get into Mass Effect 2 in this game because, you know, it's like, I want the team that I had before. I don't want to work with this new set of characters that I don't give a shit about. Uh, I mean... Harsh. Fair point. Fair point. And then it died again? Yeah, it, it died, died again. again. Well, yeah, I, I, I hold on. Speaking, uh, since, since we're talking about video games... Um, has any well okay John's the only other person I think that has Modern Warfare 3 um and, and unless the people listening have it has anyone tried the infected game mode yet no it is so much fun it is so much fun is it a, a zombie type thing I'm assuming or I, it's it's their equivalent basically uh what happens is and it's it's you get stuck with basically one weapon and maybe one piece of equipment and everybody starts off on the same team and then there's like an 8 second countdown and one of them becomes infected and then at that point they've either got except for a few other modes they've either got just a knife or a throwing knife but they're really fast and every time that per- every time the, an infected kills someone else they become infected and it either ends when time runs out and there's somebody left who isn't on that team, and then that team wins, or everybody gets killed. It It is so much fun. That's cool. The best, Although the best part, honestly, has to do with when I first played it, the group that I was in, there were a couple guys on the mics that, were, that had their headsets on that were just hilarious, um, who were screaming things like, I love you, man, I love you. And... Uh, there was one point where all of us were up on a catwalk with only two ways up, 
and the infected finally get up, and just as they're wiping everybody out, you hear one guy, right before he switches teams, yell, game over. Oh, no, it's it's over, it's over, I hate you all. And that person was you. No, no, I wish it had been me. I would love to claim credit for that one. So it that one, if you have if if you do have Modern Warfare three, you, you need to play the Infected game. It's under the uh, it's under the community game lists. It's I find it difficult to uh, to get on the Modern Warfare three because I feel like um I'm always playing catch up with the rest of the world on that game because everyone else who plays it, you know, they've got you know like ten prestige classes and you know these crazy loadouts, and I'm just like. You know, shooting at people with with spit wads. Yeah, and then that didn't bother me because a lot of those people also, you know, they because I guess a lot some stuff like the prestige stuff carries over from previous incarnations, like the, like some of the badges and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I when I first started out, I especially felt it, and even sometimes even now, I mean, you just get on some with someone that has obviously played through several incarnations and just will wail on you. But uh, it, it hadn't really bothered me that much. That's, but that's part of, like, the last time we played, and, and you found that one gun you like, and you were able to level it up some. But if you find a weapon you like, stick with it until you just about max it out. And then, uh, and then as you get a little more accustomed to the maps and the gameplay, then you can that's, – at least that's what I did because it was the same gun, too. I just stuck with that one until um, – until I sort of wore it out and got a little better at the game and then started switching out other weapons. Okay. Plus, we need to get you, me, and Nathan on sometime playing. I know. I don't think I've played the game with Nathan yet. I have once, and I have yet to see him even on. Like, Xbox Live, period. Since then. And that's been, like, maybe within a couple weeks of the game coming out. And, and since then, I have not seen him on Xbox Live even once. And he he was said that he would get on at like nine o'clock or something like that. I'm like, no, no, that's about when I'm on, and I have not seen you. Oh no, maybe he has a new uh, gamer tag that he doesn't share with us because we're not his friends anymore. Actually, Probably. I think he uh, his account got hacked a while back, so that I don't oh, really? know if he oh, yeah, did. I remember, I remember he did yeah. say something about that, but oh, that's that's up. All right, um, hold up, I just found something from. Um, from Toy Fair that is apparently the best thing ever. Okay. San Diego Comic Con, as one of the Star Wars exclusives, they're doing a Jar Jar in in Carbonite. Love it. That's a good idea. <laughs> I would like to see Jar Jar head on a stick, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, who is it? Hasbro has the Star Wars license? Yes. There you go, Hasbro. Jar Jar, head on a pike, and make it in the right scale to where any of the characters can carry it around. Maybe you can, maybe you can sell them in like in, in packages of, of like ten or something, so you can have your own Gungan massacre. I I want a uh, Dritt Stewart and uh, fighting Jar Jar Binks playset with like you know, a with, with like Jar Jar Binks head has a button on his, or Jar Jar has a button on his head, whereas uh, head will just like rocket off of there. That's, I mean, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, if you make it the scale of, you know, three and three-fourths scale, whatever, that matches so many other things. You could have G.I. Joe versus Jar Jar, Transformers versus Jar Jar, anybody. I'd love to have, like, one of those old, you know, 
1980s uh, heavy as shit Optimus Prime uh, Transformers that just steps on Jar Jar. See, this is these are good. Okay, and remember, um, now they used to. You don't see this much anymore, but I don't remember if anybody remembers. Um, the He-Man, uh, the Cobra Khan figure, and you could take its head off, put a little water in the in the in its torso, yeah. and then when you pushed its head in, it sprayed mist. Yes. Okay, now all you got to do is have little blood packs, have a jar jar that the head rockets off, but you can also put the little blood uh, blood liquid in its chest, and when you like squeeze its head, it or as or as the head rockets off, you get a little blood mist. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I mean, I think children would really go for this. Not to mention collectors. I mean, collectors would be falling all over themselves, but right. but I think you could even talk kids. Kids love blood. It's true. They're facts. And they're impressionable. Exactly. We should teach them a lesson that killing Gungans is okay. Anytime we kill all the Gungans, it's you know, a good day for us. It is very clear that Gungans are not people. In the Constitution, they cons- they are like consisted three-fifths of a person for the purposes of distributing votes. Um, <laughs> like congressional districting, uh, they're not people. Not only that, but they're responsible for the extermination of the Jedi. True, true. Almost single-handedly, uh, well, indirectly. Mean, no, no. Blaming the Sith is like blaming the gun, rather than the person. Sith, who Sith don't kill. Fe- Sith don't kill Jedi's. Gungans kill Jedi's. Exact. Thank you. I mean, you're not you're not going to blame the gun. You're going to blame the person that pulls the trigger. And Jar Jar pulled the frickin' trigger. That's fact. Um, you know, Emperor Palpatine may have uh, you know order it may may have uh, sent down Order sixty six, but uh, Jar Jar he was he was the one that put put that bullet in the chamber. Exactly. So there you go, Internet. Yeah. Um, kill kill a Gungan, save a Jedi. So. I think that's going to be the uh, title of this episode. I like it. Can we (laughs) that? Um, We went to uh, a restaurant recently, and then afterwards, where was it we went, Charlie, after we went to Cheddar's? Uh, I I remember we had like crazy, crazy sex afterwards. That's true. We had there sex was, in, the, in the Hastings men's room, as I recall. Yes. Um, and then after that, you showed me a game that I didn't realize had made its way over to the, to the United States uh, called Otomedius Excellent, which is a Gradius parody. And Konami's been releasing <laughs> these things since, like, the, the early, mid-90s um, with Parodius and stuff like that. And this was the first time any of those games actually made it out over here to the United States. And uh, I started doing some research when I got home, uh, looking at videos of this game. And oh my god, we have to do a game night for this. Really? Yes. We, it absolutely has to happen after seeing the giant bomb video. Um, because this this game is so far out there as far as um, the level of fanboy creep that's... <laughs> Like it just it it needs to be played. There needs to be it, it has a three player mode. There needs to be a video of three of us, uh, prefer, preferably Dylan involved somehow, <laughs> playing through this game because it has everything you remember about Gradius uh, wrapped up in a to catch a predator uh, candy shell. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll be honest, because because cause the story makes me sound like oh I know a lot about games. Oh, he showed me this game that I didn't realize. I just saw anime boobies and said, John, this for you. 
And I said, holy shit. So, there you go. I'll be honest, I didn't play a lot of Gradius, so... Uh... Well, this one, as, as far as the gameplay goes, that part I won't remember. It reminds me of... Uh... <laughs> Like some of the later Gradius games, like Gradius 3, where you could sort of choose your weapon loadouts, you know, choose between different types of uh, lasers and uh, missiles and all that. It, it has that, um, and it has sort of this thing that Konami did with Hardcore Uprising, where um, as you play through the game, you gain uh, experience and you can uh, get better weapons and things like that. So subsequent playthroughs become a little bit easier, because those games are notoriously hard as shit. Because uh, it's you know one shot kill and all that stuff, um, so it looks like it has some interesting things. I mean, the game itself looks kind of like a uh, a PS2 game, honestly. But awesome, just some Love of the it. stuff in there is just so it's so outrageous that that I am looking at at dropping the money on this game and you know ignoring the the shr- the uh, the looks of. Uh, disdain and discomfort and uh, just playing all the way through it. <laughs> you can uh, you can order it on Amazon and then you don't have to uh, be seen checking out with it. I, I can walk in I can walk into our local GameStop. They know me there. You know, they they know me well enough to to know exactly what's up. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I worked with those guys for a while. I mean, you know, they 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 know. They know. They know, they know if I'm not there to pick up a fighting game that something is, is going on behind the scenes. All right. Has anyone else b- besides Chad have anything to, to bring up? Cause don't, uh, I don't want to bring something up after Chad uh, blows his load. Well, um, while I've got everybody, um, if anyone has any suggestions for what my new favorite country should be, you know, it's uh, Japan. Now hold on. Um, please uh, message me on Twitter. What do you like in a country? Like what? What? Well, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm keeping exports, I'm, imports. I'm staying very open minded. I'm willing to consider a lot of different countries for a lot of different reasons. Um, I'm trying to come up with a top ten so I can so I can then whittle that down. Um, I can tell you. Uh, okay, one thing in particular. Uh, Malawi, for instance. Almost made the top – would have made the top ten, not enough turnips on its flag. There you go. How many turnips uh, are on its flag? None. See, that is a serious turnip dearth. I that, think you're, you, uh, that you're is looking the, for a country that doesn't exist. They are decidedly anti-turnip. <laughs> I expect more turnips from Malawi. I don't expect turnips on every flag, of course. But I, they just, don't grow everywhere. I mean I'm sure well, – Hold on. You can put anything on your flag. If I, you could make your own country and put a unicorn and a rainbow and a kraken, all the ha- making all the love. You in are going to laugh at you though. Why don't They're you all going to laugh at you. Island, and start your own favorite nation. No, that's weird, man. I'm not. I mean, creepy. you could do like the sea. You could do like the Sealand people and buy your own artificial island and start your own country. I'm not a libertarian. Um, also, you have to be. I am anti-liberty. Money. Well, you that can too. make it. You you can turn your country into an into a dictatorship, and you don't have to be a crazy dictator like those North Koreans. You can be a good dictator. Like there are advantages. To <laughs> examples. <laughs> Just because one hasn't come along yet doesn't mean they don't exist. 
Point taken. <sighs> okay, uh, if you do Gustavus Adolphus, he was a king. He was an he was a dictator, and he was a pretty good ruler. Well, but he had a good name. You're an admitted fascist, Chad. True. I'm more of a monarch. Wrong Adolf. Um, just saying, we can't no, trust if, your. If uh, anyone, has I'm not a fascist. I'm uh, more of a. Hit me up on Twitter about that. Which I don't remember my Twitter ID. I think it is the sommelier with an underscore between the the and the sommelier. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So reply to me on that because I need some. I need to. I need to whittle this down because I'm so freaking tired of Switzerland. What did they do? They'd made that damn Dracola commercial where they look all snooty in the UN. Fuck you, Switzerland. I'm, <laughs> I'm over it. I'm just over it. Cutting you off. Cutting you off. Canceling the credit cards. Yep. Yep. I've already changed the locks. So, good luck getting in. It's going to be cold tonight. Sleep outside with the trash. All right. Yeah. Chad's news. Go. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think how to start. Well, the big thing is, um, coming up in a few months, uh, at least one of us here is going to be a semi-published author. Dylan? Is it I didn't. I didn't want to say anything about it, but <laughs> you know, I'm I'm very happy about this project. Um, you know, Creepers in America uh, is has been my life's work. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, John's anthology of extremely violent slash fic is finally <laughs> seeing the light of day. It's true. You can. You can uh, <laughs> see. That's what really you can see. My Twilight. Harry Potter uh, slash fic. See, don't yeah. mention this because he I'm, found I'm really most... afraid if I get fans, you know, that it's going to be the creepy kind of fans, you know? I, I'm yeah. I'm going to write slash fic for your characters. <laughs> I actually like that, though. Like, you need to come up with an anthology of this. You find the uh, the most depraved slash fic writers <laughs> on the internet, and you say, Paranormal hey, Romance. Nice. Can you give me something more? Yeah. Just say, hey, <laughs> Two two words, paranormal romance. Ago. Oh well. Can you can you take the worst that you, you you've put out there and maybe like up it by fifty percent? Just just a little bit. That too. But well, we're breaking ground here. <laughs> anyway, I, anyway, to to uh, actually be serious for a second, um, I've got a novel yeah. in works to be published by Solstice Publishing sometime in the next few months we don't have an exact release date nobody um, else i'm the only one excited huh i'm letting chad finish oh yeah sorry but it's due due out in the next few months it's called Ironheart, and it's going to be um don't know exactly when but it if you'll keep an eye on their website it should come up in the coming soon it's in the process of proofreading and editing and all of that stuff and so it should be out hopefully before too long. Woo! And and by the way, um, we all of us have have already read bits of it. It is. And I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up Chad's ass because uh, there's no point really in, in doing it. But uh, it's it's really good. Well, should I try to describe it or should please we do? Okay, um, it's sort of a I, I the term that is generally used for the genre is it's diesel punk. It's kind of a war story with a bit of uh, 
philosophy and spirituality on the side, and it's it's generally a big thing for me. I'm thinking about putting together some blog posts to kind of explore the world a little bit outside of the novel once we get a release date. Um, but it's kind of I I'd, I'd say sort of Harry Turtledove meets J. Michael Straczynski. I like it. Yeah. It's at least those are the two big influences on on the on the style and the themes and so on and so forth. And it's uh like I said, hopefully it's gonna be success. We're gonna see. I'm working on a couple of continue on a couple of other stories set in that world and we'll see if it's a success. Now, is, this uh, as, likely to, is this likely to see physical publishing, or is it going to be an ebook? Any, any? I mean, I guess this is early know, in the process. To, to we don't have. know. Yet. Okay. Don't know yet, but probably just going to be electronic for the moment. Now, if it turns out popular, they will. They may do a print run. They're. Uh, they don't really have any set um, guidelines or, you know, that sort of thing, as far as what goes to print and what what stays electronic and so on and so forth. They do things in both formats and some of them in only one or the other. So, okay. yeah. So it, I'll tell you right now, if they make a physical copy, I will buy five of them. There. Yeah, I said yeah, it. Before. You can't really do that with eBooks. Nope. But if they make a physical one, I will buy five copies. There you go. Solstice, I hope you're listening. You're not, but I hope you are. Yeah. I kind of doubt they are, but probably better that they're not. We'll, I am kind of intrigued to see what they come up with for um, as far as the cover art, because, you know, you kind of get this idea in your head of what the characters and the, you know, the machinery and such looks like. And for a lot of this, this is it's diesel punk. So I kind of had real world machines in mind that I kind of based the fictional ones on. And so it's kind of like someone else may from the description see it differently. And it'd be kind of interesting to find that, you know. To see that, tell them to get a British artist. British books tend to have really nice covers. Uh, in general, Solstice's cover art. Looking at their website, they generally seem to get pretty good cover art. Okay, cool. It's a little, uh, you know, kind of uh, middle of the road, but some of it's quite good. Some of their covers are quite good. So, you know, sweet. Yeah. But we'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully the next podcast will have a release date, not to dominate the place with plugging, but it's not like a whole lot else is going on anyway. Right. I plug shit all the time. What are we talking about? Yeah. There you go. But, the, uh, but yeah, that's our. that was what I was waiting to hear back from, actually, the last podcast. I kind of mentioned it, and it ended up being uh, almost uh, like I'm psychic. Right. Yeah. Almost like I meant it that way. Almost like you're psycho. I am. Yeah. Almost nothing. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether I'm insulted by that or not. You should please. be. Yeah, please do. All right. So, next topic, or the ending. Well, okay, Well, okay. I should have mentioned this before. This would have been a better lead-in. Um but one other ebook that I've been reading about, it's not out yet, um, but I heard about it on NPR, so probably most people have already heard about it. But there, um, this person, Elizabeth uh, Ando, who's considered like the Julia Child of Japanese cuisine, 
has written a book called Kibo that's going to come out at the end of this month. It's going to be an ebook only, um, and it's trying to preserve the cuisine of the Tohoku region of Japan that was, you know, devastated. And she, fearing that, that a lot of that cuisine would get lost, has has put this book together with, I think, the the site for the book doesn't say, but the NPR article said that like half of the proceeds would would go to charity. To, to recovery efforts, and you can get it on like you, supposedly you'll be able to order it from like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, places like that. So, oh, cool. Well, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. And, so buy one of those and then five copies of Chad's book. Yes. Uh, Patrick said on uh, Ask on Chad is is uh, she the one on Iron Chef? Good question. No clue. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't recall ever hearing the name before. I mean, she's act, she's I know she's American. Like she went over as an exchange student in in like the sixties or seventies and just stayed. Could yeah, could be. Speaking of a uh, Food Network, um, Good Eats is now officially over, is it not? Yeah, and I missed I missed the last episode. I had um, I had dinner plans, which I, I hated that I missed it. I DVR'd it, but I haven't watched it yet. I saw some of the tweets from from Mountain Brown, and he said that this. He thought he seemed to think that this was one of the best episodes they'd ever done. So I'm I'm very interested to see it. Yeah, but he posted all the replay times. I'm like, okay, not gonna be. Uh, I gotta be around the TV for any of those. No, I'm not, and that sucks. But because I love that show. Yeah, and I but I missed like the last. Most of the last season or two, probably, just because I never um, – granted, it's not hard to find out, but I never thought to. We never really got a feel for when it was – when they played the new episodes. Yeah, I was about to say, they kind of – and Food Network's especially bad about this. They will change their rotation so much. You know, it used to be Good Eats had like a set time slot for replays and new episodes, and that's just when it was on. But then they started switching everything around because they wanted to be like every other – TV network and have shitty reality shows and competitions and things like that. So they do tend to have like they they want they want to shove Bobby Flay down your throat uh, <laughs> no matter how how much you hate him because he's a dick. There's like two two types of of programming and you know a lot of them are the the reality show type shows like Chopped and uh, Next Food Network Star and uh, the Cake. You know, all the different cakes. Yeah. Then you've got, like, Good Eats, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. You know, all these shows that are just, like, here's a topic. We're going to actually know, good talk about. Yeah, like, and as opposed really, to the reality crap. And I don't think there's anything on the network, on their network now, <laughs> to take its, that I, that I feel is, is in the same vein that could take its place. No, but then again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm speaking in hyperbole, but it's sort of, in my mind, at least for uh, our generation, it's the definitive cooking show. Like, you know, what what else is anyone ever going to do that reaches that level of um, method plus technique plus, you know, discussion? It's a very different type of cooking show. Yeah. It's it's not the type of thing that you could just, like, or it's and there, there are other shows and other genres like that that you can't just like try to recreate the formula. No, because no. that I don't think that there's anyone else that's on Food Network currently that has that level of 
knowledge and is willing to put that level of uh, that amount of work into a single show. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Bobby Flay will do like 17 shows, but he's just going to do Bobby Flay and, and Guy Fieri is the same way. He's just going to be Bobby Flay being a dick on all 17 shows. And Guy Fieri is just going to be Guy Fieri on every one of his shows. Whereas Alton Brown actually, you know, on some, on some of the different stuff he shows up on, like Iron Jeff, he, he has a totally different tact on and it's. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. puts forth a, a very different, um, I don't want to say persona. But a different, um, I don't know, a different part of his personality. Yes, his persona is not one to like be super competitive. I, this this may be different on like Next Food Network Star, but um, it, it's definitely like different than a lot of the other chefs they have on there, which is which seem to be all about like you know competition and improving yourself, and you know, yeah kind of fancy cuisine as opposed to science. Yes. Um, dead. So, go with, in, go with God, yeah, go with Godspeed, Alton Brown. There, there will never be another one of you. Yeah. Which you'll still be around. It just yeah. won't be the same. No. I, plus, I, I don't know how much else he's going to do after this, you know, aside from, you know, like, Occasional, hey, here's Alton Brown, remember him? Uh, kind yeah. of, you know, like guest host, uh, judge appearances. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in, in more of a, a producer-director role on other on other series, perhaps. I think I saw on Twitter he said that he's going to have more of a role in next Food Network star. Next yeah. Year. So yeah, like he's going to have – he's going to actually be mentoring a team, as I recall. Yes. So I think – Which will be new for him. It'll probably be – that and he's also going to buy a chocolate factory complete with glass elevator and orange midget slaves. I think that I think that may have been your suggestion. That was uh, my I suggestion. Think he said he was going to buy a chocolate factory, and, and then Chad said, "Hey, I uh, pointed out that that's the only way to do it." Uh, yes. Well, if you're going to do it, there, you can you can do it or you can do it right. For all I know, that's what Hershey's uh, plants look like. That's that's what happens on the Hershey Highway. They do in my yeah. they do in my mind. When I eat a Hershey's bar, I imagine you want to know it was produced by Orange Midget Slips. Yes, and people, you know, upper management travels around in great glass elevators. Yes, every bar is handcrafted. Yes, by little tiny orange hands, whittled down in chains. Great uh, chocolate trees that Mm -hmm. they harvest from what? Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. I, hold on a second. I'm, I'm pulling up something from the Associated Press. Um, Whitney Houston is dead. Really? What? Yes. Don't we we really? You should not be that surprised. We really should have gone out on Chad's story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, now we've hit the the after sex shame portion of the program. <laughs> well, I just saw this on Twitter, and uh, um, let's see. Uh, she was 48. Um, do what? not the uh, cause of her death. Um, although I imagine uh, we could wager a few guesses. were somehow prominently involved. 
Oh, really shame at you. Shame on you for laughing at this poor dead woman. I don't probably, know that there's anything we like, need to say about this. It, it's probably the least dignified celebrity death since Michael Jackson. So, All right. I don't know. What about what's her face? I. Oh, you mean what's her face that died at the same age of Kurt Cobain is supposed to be just as good? Oh wait, they both sucked. Um, I'm sorry. They they can all they're probably cat fighting in hell right now. So. <laughs> Um, oh. well, well, no matter what, what we take from Whitney Houston, we cannot take away her dignity. <laughs> no, she, well, no, she gave it away as a free gift. So, you know, yeah. she's signing up. Yeah, we yeah. really should have. Yeah, well. Uh, we were ahead. Right before we end, we'll bring up Chad's story again, just for anybody that missed it. <laughs> I, I apologize to all the Whitney Houston fans in our listener face. <laughs> <laughs> Two of you. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't make it through that one. Oh. Yeah. Normally I can stead fan right through that, but <laughs> Wow. Well, um apparently oh. she has kids too. Or had kids. No 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 no. The woman just came in and said that. So I was going to say, people are making fun of her on this podcast. Don't don't try to humanize I, death. I, I'm not making. Fun. We are monsters. I'm merely pointing out the fact that I am not a monster. I'm. She's, she and Bobby Brown were the uh, Ike and Tina Turner of our time. I thought Ike and Tina Turner were the Ike and Tina Turner of our time. Uh, well, Oh man, so yes. I, I say, you're a bit older than we are, so yeah. Wow. I'm a little bit um I'm feeling dated now. Yeah. I think we ought to stop while we're ahead. I I remember I think uh, we're we haven't been ahead for fifteen minutes now. Uh, we we are we are definitely in the red. Yeah. So Chad, you you had some news. <laughs> so I heard. <laughs> Getting some yeah, kind of kind of book thing, I don't know, some some about some about publishing. Chad's becoming a man of letters. Uh, he's can. getting a tweed jacket. Um, I hope so. He can I'm, be a deranged millionaire. I'm buying his ass a just pipe like John Hodgman. You're getting a pickle for Christmas. That too. That's that's what Chad's Twitter avatar needs is a, is a pipe and a monocle. Yes, I will get on photoshopping again, <laughs> just like I did the fake coffee stain. Hey, your hey your your book is diesel punk. You need to kind of come up with a, a steampunk avatar. It'll pretentious totally it. over the top. I think he just needs to go with a steampunk Sarah Palin. <laughs> Um, I had forgotten that existed. It's a thing. <laughs> it happened. I forgot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, you know, she, she's not running for president. She quit as uh, governor of Alaska. She she didn't quit. She got out before the scandal broke. Okay, yep. yes, this is true. And then she toured America, you know, stopping at all the places that uh, the uh, GOP primary candidates stopped. But she would never announce whether she was running or not. You betcha. That's because <laughs> nobody wanted her to run. I I think you're wrong, and I don't want to get into this because uh, we're going to alienate people if we start talking politics. Yes, we are. So let's not. 
No, we'll alienate. Better than laughing at people. We'll 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 alienate teabaggers. They're not humans, so they don't count. They're chuds. Hey, I see them on Xbox Live all the time. I assume there's a person on the other end. Well, that's not. You're being very generous Um, with with the word person. Yes. 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 All right. Well, uh, this has been another episode of the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast. No, 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 no. Bye, Chad's book. Exactly.